In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went up into the hills and summoned those he wanted. So they came to him and he appointed twelve. They were to be his companions and to be sent out to preach with power to cast out devils. And so he appointed twelve, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, John the brother of James to whom he gave the name Bonages or sons of thunder, then Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the man who was to betray him. The Gospel of the Lord Yesterday we had a view of the crowds who came to the Lord. The crowds were made up of anonymous individuals. Today we see 12 individuals singled out and named. Some enjoy lengthier narratives which provide us with a simple profile of their background and character, while others whom we only know because their names are listed here. It is important to note here that it is the Lord who takes the initiative, especially in calling us into a deeper relationship with Him, a transition from merely faceless and anonymous members of the crowd with little to no commitment to disciples who are called to die for him. The call of the Lord is not just a single action, but a movement that involves several steps. In these several steps, we see how the Lord's call will draw us to him and separate us from the fawning crowds. His disciples not a collection of groupies, Neither are they be counted among the curious seekers. No, their vocation lies elsewhere. They are called to be with him in order that they may be transformed to be like him. First, our Lord goes up into the hills. This is a common place where he goes to find quiet communion with his Heavenly Father, to seek direction for his ministry. But it is also the place where he takes refuge from the crowds before he can begin to fish for disciples, there is a need for separation. The good fisherman will not make his best catch if he is swimming with the fish in the water. Second, he summons those he wanted. Our Lord does not only separate himself from the crowds, but also calls his disciples to do so. He invites them to join him in solitude and silence and communion with God. It is in this private space where he begins to instruct them in the mysteries of the kingdom, mysteries which continue to boggle the minds of the clueless crowds. Third, our Lord waits for us to take the next step to come to him. Discipleship must always be a free act, an ascent to the call of the Lord to be with him. Our Lord is not going to voice his will on us, and compel us to do what we do not wish to do. And finally, it is the Lord who appoints. It is the Lord who confers authority. No Christian disciple is self-appointed. No Christian disciple can assume authority on his own. Authority is given, not taken. Authority therefore comes with the responsibility to be obedient and accountable to the other. 
This pattern is not just some, something exclusive to our Lord and the Apostles, but has been the basic pattern that has been handed down from the time of the Apostles to our present-day bishops. The Apostles became witnesses of Jesus' resurrection and guarantors of the truth about him. And that very witness had been faithfully handed down from one generation to another through their successors to bishops. These twelve men would live and learn from the Lord. He would teach and train them to be bearers of his gospel message. Through triumph and failure, these men will come through the crucible with the exception of Judas, but he too had to roll the play, ready to spread the gospel of Christ to the ends of the earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.